Welcome to HivriaCast, the podcast where I, Alad Nehrai, speak with some fascinating and incredible creative Jews. Hello and welcome to HivriaCast. This is Alad Nehrai. I'm so excited. We have a very special guest today, Ari. Oh my gosh, I'm going to pronounce your name badly. I should have asked you beforehand. What is it? Ari Herskowitz? Ari Herskowitz. Herskowitz. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. But there's you. no wrong way to pronounce it. Just... <laughs> That's a good point. Okay. Um, right. Well, it's so good to have you. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Ari was the subject of an incredibly powerful and controversial documentary called One of Us. Um, I wrote about it. I was really moved by it. And um, I think it was Simcha Weinstein connected us and yeah. said you'd be like a great guest on the podcast. So welcome. And thank you, Simcha. Yeah, definitely. Thank you to Simcha. Big time. Thank you so much for coming. Glad to be here. So, um, you know, usually it's interesting. It's like I was telling you before, it's like a different, a little bit of a different uh, vibe here. Um, We, you know, because usually I have, I'm talking to artists, whatever, but this is a little bit of a reversal. It's like you were the subject of a documentary. So I usually ask people what they do, but I think it would be interesting just to hear about you know, when in the movie, at least, like you, at the end, we see you trying to, you know, kind of piece together your life and move on to the next stage. So I would love to hear, like, kind of what's happened since since the movie. Um, first of all, I am an artist. Just, oh, just I just not, of course just, you no, are. Just not of uh, a profession or anything. I'm an artist right. of my life, uh, and that's uh, what I'm working on. Um, You're an artist of your life? What does that mean? Can you do you mind explaining? Sort of like um, I, I I'm I'm not painting something. I'm not developing something. But I'm I'm sort of in the process of creating my life, like building, setting it up. Wow! So it's yeah. just that. And actually, I have a semicolon tattoo that says oh, yeah? that I, you know I'm I'm the author in the sentences my life. Have you ever heard of that? No, but I love that. That's awesome. So yeah. Um, Regarding your question, what I've been up to a lot, so much. Um, Building your life. I haven't seen the film actually in over a month, so <laughs> let's try to think, where was I at? Um, I think it says in the film that I was on, on my way away. Uh, I was um, on the way sort of getting clean and away from all that in my past. Um, um, and I'm, I'm, I think that the listeners will be most curious about that. Right. So, and you left. Was it the Satmar community specifically yeah. that you left? Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. So since I since the cameras were shot, I started working on my education. I started working on becoming um, um, more independent and working on my sobriety yeah. and everything else. So yeah, today I. Today, I actually, tonight at midnight, I'm actually going to break my own record of sobriety. It's amazing, man. Mazel tov. Um, that is amazing. I, uh, and you also just passed your GEDs, right? Yeah, it's the <laughs> new the version day. of the GED. It's called TASK. It's called TASK, okay. So on this past Friday and yesterday, I took the test in two parts. And just like right before we started talking... Mm. I checked my score and I see that three, three more, uh, and three more subjects I passed. Wow. So the only thing left is social studies, uh, which is scoring in progress. Uh, 
Mm. But I'm confident that I passed that as well. Wow. Mazel tov. That's amazing. Today's a good day. It's really yeah. exciting. I don't know. I'm like, it's also, I mean, it's just intense because I think one of the things that I came away with in that movie was like this feeling of you, you're like, I'm simultaneously impressed, but also very concerned for everyone on it. You know, like, where are they going to end up? What's going to happen to them? So to me, it's like hearing that. You know, you're kind of making these strides is amazing. Thank you. And we all are. I mean, Etty and Luz are also, like, heading north. Yeah? Yeah. What's, what's going on with with Etty? I'd love to hear about um, it. I think... She, Whatever uh, like, she's okay with. Yeah, it, it, would, it would be better if she speaks for herself. Right. But I'll just sum it up. Uh, she's going to college um, for criminal justice. And she's doing amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Loser has uh, some other uh, films and uh, uh, was it like off Broadway shows and stuff like that coming up. There's actually one right now that's in Yiddish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Awake and Sing, and I think it's still running. Um, it's uh, right here in Manhattan. Wow. So yeah, they're 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 both heading in the right direction. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so you know, one thing I'm really curious about is how the movie itself impacted your life. Because, right, because, I mean, you're kind of, like, when I look at your Facebook, you're followed by all these people on Instagram. So it's, like, clearly, I mean, that's just, like, a reflection, obviously, I think, that the movie probably had some sort of impact on your life, right? Yeah, it, it had a significant impact. Like Both was, while filming and, and when it was released. While it was filming, it was, I mean, it's, it's a bit weird, but it sort of gave me a purpose because uh, for oh. a lot of the the filming years, um, how long was it I was an active for? addiction. Oh, sorry. How long was it filmed for? Um, well, all of the subjects were different times. For me, it was about two years. Uh, wow. There was a little before and after planning and editing, but I think the total work on the film from when they started till they like released it was three years, maybe even more. Okay. My my involvement was a bit over two, I think. Um, I don't know about the other characters. I think they 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 got to loser first, then me, and then uh, Etty. Uh, yeah. So for a lot of the filming years, I was in active addiction and didn't really have a reason to get out of bed and mm-hmm. go on in life. And the film sort of gave me a purpose. And so the film helped me in a lot of ways. Well, that's interesting. So you mainly feel like it. It was a positive. Not just mainly, completely positive. The little bit of negativity that I got is just from a couple of haters and really don't care about them. <laughs> That's good. Um, so it's interesting. I like, because I think what was fascinating to me was um, like my experience from watching from afar was that like I got a special screening of it from like to see it beforehand. Um, and so what was interesting about that was, like, when I watched it, I had always had kind of issues with a lot of uh, OTD, like, stuff because, like, I had always felt like it kind of wasn't fully, like, it just, it it felt like sometimes it was about maligning the religion as opposed to just talking about societal things, all these different things. And, and that's my argument, too. I argued that a lot. Argued what a lot? That we shouldn't just... You focus. We shouldn't focus at all and on being like anti-religion, anti-Hasidic right. Judaism, 
That's not, and that's not what the film is about. Right, exactly. So I, should, I, there's issues that we should focus on. Right, yeah, exactly. And that was what was so interesting to me was that I was like, okay, they did it. They did it right. Like they, like someone got it right. And I was like, so impressed and so. I, mean, I, I was so moved by it. And your story and Eddie's story is just like, I mean, that scene in Romamu uh, with yeah. Eddie. I, I like, I, I literally put down my phone because I was watching on my phone, and I, I just like cried. I, I just couldn't handle it. It was so intense. Yeah, that and scene gets me every time. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think and I think probably a big part of the reason I cried harder was because of how, um, you know, it's like next door to me. You know, it's not something yeah. that's theoretical. And um, But what I was surprised by was that afterwards, when the movie came out, there was a backlash that... I don't know. I, I had seen it with so many other things, but... For some reason, I was convinced that like the Jewish world had had been making all these like I thought accurate accusations against some of these uh, documentaries and different things, and this was one that had moved beyond those cr- critiques, and so I was so surprised at the big backlash. So um, it's interesting to me that you don't seem to. It doesn't seem to like you seem to be just empowered by, it, which I think is great. The the when you say backlash, you mean negative backlash, right? Negative backlash, yeah. Yeah. So I I'm I really don't care about the negative backlash at all. Um, there's it's both on a personal level, like people like strangers online messaging me, and also on like articles and reviews and stuff like that, and just right. uh, comments from people that I hear back that circles back to me. Um, because there, there's there's really no logic behind it. I mean, think about it. there's there's a few like kind of negative a few types of negative backlash that i get there's uh, you know someone just messaging you're an idiot or whatever like (laughs) thank you thanks for your feedback you know (laughs) i hope you haven't lost your business um (laughs) like someone said uh, you piece of whatever and they spelled peace as in peace shulam so like they've sent the whole thing and all i responded was like a little star and like peace like (laughs) you know you said all these things great the only thing i care about is the misspelled words um and the backlash from people like officially coming out against it, I also don't care about because most of this backlash started before anyone has even seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. When it was announced, they started the backlash. So right. it, I see right away that there's there, there's no grounds for it. It's not like they've seen the film, tried to figure out pros and cons and everything, and realized this is bad. No, mm-hmm. it's just that oh, it's a film. Yeah, it must be bad. Interesting. So there's no logic behind it, and if they would like look past the. I don't know, initial resentments and everything, they would see that this is not an indictment of religion. I think you wrote those words. Oh, yeah, for that sure. That this yeah, film yeah. is not an indictment of religion. And they would see it's a story about three individuals and the, and what what is happening to them, you know, for those few years. And the reason they use three entirely different stories to show that everyone's story is unique and... It's not like this is what's happening all the time everywhere with everyone. Right. What do you, uh, and I'm doing this uh, only to <laughs> give voice to the people who criticize. I think it's, you know, it's interesting. I, w- I would like to hear it from you as opposed to like my own opinions. Um, like what do you say to people who say like this sort of thing increases, you know, even if it is valid, right? Even if it's 100% valid, like that increases anti-Semitism because we're, you know, spread like why do we have to make it so public like in a Netflix? Like why does it have to be a Netflix thing where the whole world can see it? You know, 
I will answer something that Loser said at the Toronto International Film Festival, and he was asked that same question. <clears throat> I'll paraphrase because I don't remember exactly how he answered it, but he said, uh, instead of asking, does this, you know, uh, raise uh, whatever, anti-Semitism, instead of asking that, ask yourself, what are you doing to show the world that not all Jews are like that? Wow. Also, these are not like, this is not like a, a novel or something that someone has written. These are true stories. So if you don't want it on page shakes, don't do it. You know, that's, that's simple. We live in a world where everything, is, everything gets publicized eventually, almost everything. If you don't want something public, then don't do it. And regarding your question, why Netflix, I'll answer with also still something from someone else. <laughs> um, I don't remember who she was quoting, but Heidi, one of the directors, was quoting someone and said that um, sunlight is the best antibiotic. So uh, awareness is, is, is key in all of these things. So if talking to people for many years and trying to work within the system hasn't worked, then we need sunlight. Do you think like that this these sorts of things actually like and this is something I actually have no idea about it's more like a lot of times when I'm writing I'm writing to moderate orthodox Jews or something like that but I'm not that I don't think any like I don't think the mainstream of summer is reading anything that I write, you know. Um, You'd so, be surprised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, In the I mean, modern like, age of WhatsApp, everything goes right. around. Right. Okay, fair or enough. Or even screenshots, copy-paste and everything. Right. So that partly answers it, I guess. But, like, I'm curious how, like, do you think that it even affects them to have, like, in, in a community that is technically, uh, like, part of the philosophy is, is it, like, insulating from these things, even seeing those, like, something like Netflix as as evil and that sort of thing. Like, do you, do you think that this is going, is going to make change like in, in your community or like, what do you, do you think like you hope that it will? Um, there's two parts of, uh, change when it comes to this film, there's the global and local. Well, obviously my focus and my, um, what I would most want to see is the local change because that's, that's, that's my home, that's where I come from, that's where I was affected by all of this. But there's also a global change um, in the world that, um, that I hope to see and I, I'm seeing already, which is that anyone who feels like the black sheep for any reason hmm. um, could you know, take courage from this film. And that's what I've definitely seen. Um, for example, a girl from Brazil reached out to me on social media and said that her family wanted her to have arranged marriage and all that. And uh, she dated someone, got kicked out of the house. It was a whole thing. And she, she took a lot of courage um, from that film. And someone from Libya reached out to me. This, from, from all over the world, I got messages. And, and the One of Us page and Footsteps and everyone else got even more messages. The local change I'm also seeing already. I've gotten a, a lot of messages from people locally. And another thing is that I, I heard back that, that, and I'm also seeing that a, a, lot of, a lot of my friends in the community and a lot of people that I know have actually seen it. Mm. And, and even if they have to pretend that they haven't seen it, they're still talking about it. And pretending like I haven't seen it, but like a friend of mine told me that they mentioned something about that. What's what's your take on it? So right. so 
we're starting the conversation, right. and that is that is the first step here. Wow, so you think that it actually started a conversation? The, the conversation yeah. already started. I, I, I looked at, you know, Kavashtivel. It's like the Jewish version of Reddit, I think. What's it called again? Kavashtivel. Like I actually do room. know what that is, because every now yeah. and then there'll be a link to something, and I'm like, what is this thing? I can't even read it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like the Jewish the Hasidic Reddit. Right. And it's in Yiddish. Uh, there was a conversation there that I really liked. Um, and I, and I, I hear back uh, people's comments, recordings, voice notes, and all of that, and... It definitely started a conversation, and, mm. and, and a lot of people realized that, yeah, there's something to it. And I don't think change is going to happen overnight. It never does. But I think that change is already happening, and it's, it's been happening for some time. I mean, it's not as bad now as it was 20 years ago, I think. Um, what, do you mean, what do you mean by, like, it's not as bad? Like, what's not as bad? The, like, these issues in the community, or...? Mostly the response to oh, recognizing a problem. A problem surfaces, what is the response? That's, that's been my problem for... That's been my, my biggest issue. So... What do you mean by you are big? Like, like that for you? My, my, biggest, my biggest concern, my biggest uh, oh, I see. argument. And I'll just go back to what I said um, a minute ago. Um, so change is happening already. It's been happening for some time. And... But it's very slow, and I'm hoping that this this film will is and will speed this up exponentially. What do you think? Like, because I, I hear a lot of people make the argument that, like, it actually makes them more insular. Like, it makes them more want to protect themselves from the outside. Um, do you think there's like truth to that? I think it raises the contrast. Mm-hmm. People who were diehard insular, mm-hmm. you know, who are basically that's what it is. Any other opinion that can't even get to me, they they will they will turn even more to that side. Mm. But I think people on defense or people who are, are not even that crazy about being insular, uh, it basically raises the contrast. So people but, who are religious will see this and be like, "Oh, the 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 Satan is coming for us in in the form of a film." And, you know, crawl into their backs even more. And other people will open up their eyes. Yeah, that's interesting. It reminds me of, like, some of the stuff like the Me Too campaign. Because it's, like, the stuff that's, like, coming out. And society is starting to face it, right? And then there are some people who are, like, okay, like, wow, I didn't realize, like, all these things. And and they themselves might have been enabling abuse or different things. And then now they're starting to change. And or at least thinking about changing, and then there are people who, because it's coming out and so strong and it's so intense, they almost like double down, right? Like they go, but it's not everyone, right? It's just like a certain group of people that are like, I'm doubling down on refusing to believe on this, these things, refusing right. to change, and saying it's actually the Me Too campaign that's evil, like these sorts of things, you know? Right, and with those kind of people, you'll you'll never really accomplish anything. If someone has an issue with I don't know, burglaries in their apartment. And uh, it becomes even clearer that it's happening. And instead of putting a security system, they do the opposite. They just leave the door unlocked. Uh, Yeah, I don't think I can help you. That's really interesting. And I think like, I mean, actually what I love about that response is that 
I think so many times, even the people who are like the, the people who are making the argument, for example, that they're becoming more insular, either w- or, or people who say that it's only going to change things for the positive. Like either way, Those people are generalizing all of them. Right. Exactly. It's not one big. It's not that all of them are going one way or the other. Right. It raises the contrast, like I said earlier. Yeah, that's some cool. are going to crawl into their uh, crawl into their box again, live there in peace. You know, head in the dust is really peaceful, and that's it. And, and some of them will at least start a conversation, and some of them will, will hopefully actively come out and, uh, and and work towards change. Wow, that's really interesting. Are you in touch, like beyond like these like forums and stuff? Are you still in touch with people in your community? Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. Really, like my uh, my my attitude towards it is that if uh, you're a decent human being, you don't try to change me. You accept me for who I am, and then I'll accept you for who you are. Um, I have that relationship with my family, which I knew was going to be your next question. I knew it. I wasn't. I swear it wasn't. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it was. Right. <laughs> usually, been. usually, usually they ask about the community and then about my family. Oh, yeah. But okay. Um, <laughs> the but problem yeah, is I don't plan any of this. So oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it may have been your next question it, subconsciously. It could have been. And you didn't even know it. You might be right. Yeah. <laughs> I am curious, so I guess I am reading your mind. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the kind of relationship that I have uh, with my family. They they don't try to change me. They accept me for who I am, and and we have a semi happy relationship. Well, um, and then the, the same attitude. I have the same attitude towards everyone else who was uh, wants to be my friend. Um, you're good. You're a decent human being. You don't try to change me in any way. You don't try to force me, force feed me your God, your religion. Then good, we can be friends. That's. Um, I have so many like thoughts about all this stuff. Like, did you? Um, I was gonna ask. Do you think like that with your family? Do you? Th- I, I, I I vaguely recall. I could be wrong about this, but I vaguely recall that my when it became an issue of like addiction and, uh, and these sorts of things having to be faced. Was that like? Did that shift it in any way? So it became they became less concerned about religion, like your religious observance, more about just like you taking care of yourself, or am I am I like misremembering that? Um, yeah, it was it was it was not like as clear that uh, day one of addiction was day one that they stopped caring about religion. Right. Um, but yeah, at some point my parents especially my father uh realized and 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 i and i i'm really grateful uh for him you know being willing to learn and everything unlike most parents who would just uh give up and abandon ship um he didn't and he stayed and fought so he was willing to learn about addiction and everything and um at some point he realized that that there's priorities here so i can either Work on make him a good Jew, but a dead one, or I can work on make him a good person, and a, you know, not the best Jew, but he'll be alive. Yeah, I think at some point he realized that, and and for that I am forever grateful. That's interesting. I um, you know, I had like, it's not not exactly the same, but I had um a manic episode when I was twenty years old, and I was like really going off the rails at that time. Like I had, uh, it wasn't to your level of addiction, but I had like issues with pot and drinking and different things. And I wasn't aware that I was bipolar. And so that's how like eventually ended up with me having a manic episode. 
I ended up at a, at a mental hospital for like 10 days and it really changed my life because I was like, oh, I, now I know part of what was going on there. And did you, did you meet that one person who thinks he's God? I think there's I was. There's that always that one. Every time I'm in a <laughs> mental facility, there's always that one person who is God. It's actually interesting. I So in my manic episode, I thought I was Jesus. So I was like, you I was like that God? guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, no, at the end, actually, what was interesting was one of the, I was actually, it was, it's like part of this whole story, but at the very end, I was actually, while I was there, there were like, I was, it was really such a blessing. Everyone there was like amazing, special people. And not that they normally aren't, but I remember like right as I was leaving, this guy came there and like a few other people that were like much, like you could see there was some intense stuff going on. And the guy was like, a, like I think he thought he was Satan or he was a Satan. I don't remember exactly, but it was really like scary. It was like my last day and I was like, I'm so glad I'm leaving today. Um, but anyway, my point being that when I, the reason I asked about that was just because I remember that was like a big shift in how my parents related to me as well, because they were, I think they thought like if they could, they were, they, they thought there was some level of control they could have over me. And, 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 that, and I'm not in any way blaming them. I think they were very concerned about my well being. But then I think my mom, I remember saying like, I just remember our relationship completely changing after that. Like it's, there's sometimes when like things are going in the wrong direction. And like when that, when when these like intense moments happen, when people start to rethink how they approach, yeah, you know, it's each like other. when people hit rock bottom, they 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 stare death in the face and they realize it's right. it's sort of what happened to me. Yeah. I was um, not long before my twentieth birthday, where things weren't going well, and I realized that you know it was like right after my twentieth birthday, I realized that if I want to see my twenty first birthday, this this has got to stop. Yeah, and. And the same thing with other people. If they 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 when when they realize that they could lose someone, it's not it's not the kind of thing that a prayer would heal quickly. Yeah. You know, there's there's, there's got to be an attitude change too. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I think that. Um, I think it's so interesting because we're now we're facing so many of these like demons in our world, and I think. Um, one of the big, uh, like, constants that I see is that, like, when you're actually faced with the people who have these struggles or who are victims of whatever situation, like, it changes your attitude. Like, it's almost impossible to, like, talk to an abuse victim without changing the way you look at abuse. Like, you know... Uh, I just want to point out that I'm not a victim. I was a victim. Love it. Just want to point Thank that you. out. Well done. Should I say... Uh, I should say... Abuse survivor, right? Yeah, survivor. Yeah, my apologies. Um, so, yeah, it's impossible to speak to a survivor without a survivor of many, like, you know, uh, it's it's just fascinating to me, like, how a lot of times when you talk to people who have difficulty understanding, like, how we should approach abuse, for example, like, very often the common denominator is that they haven't really sat down and spoken with, like, a survivor, you know? Um, right. I remember there was this time where, where there was some sort of convention uh, of of Gdoyle uh, Hadar, who who got together and trying to figure out why people go OTD, and on a group chat or something of of OTD people, we were thinking that maybe we should 
go there. I think, I don't remember whose idea it was. It was not mine. I'm not trying to take credit for it. Someone had the idea of going out there with signs and that basically say, ask me why I went OTD. Oh, wow. Because you're trying to figure it out, then you won't. You're going to mm. blame the internet or whatever. And uh, maybe ask me, because I've been there, done that. That's genius. Did did did, uh, end up, did they end up... Parking? I don't remember. It was many years ago, and wow. I don't remember what ended up happening. But I, if uh, if any of you are listening, ask me why I went OTD, and ask me how to handle it. Or any one of your OTD friends. Why don't we do it now? Huh? Should we do it now? All right. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I think that's the thing. I think that's why stuff like this is great because it's, um, you know, we have, we started this site called Neshamas, which is like for anonymous writing. And a lot of them are are off the derrick or thinking about going off the derrick or all these things. And someone asked, like, why would you even start a site like this for Orthodox Jews? Because the whole idea, like, let them write in the forward. They already write there. Like, you know, they, they already write these things. And I was saying, no, they you, we need to, it needs to come from, like, that we're hearing the stories inside of our world, you know, it has as to be like to, a personal, right. sort of like a one-on-one conversation. Right, exactly. So, so why did you go off the derrick? Freedom, choice, and um, I know this is not going to sound good to a lot of your listeners, but I am an atheist, and I see no reason to follow any version of any religion uh, before having a serious talk with the invisible man in the sky. Yeah, that's so, so interesting. So, I think it's, there's one thing of like having those beliefs, but there's like a lot of um, like orthoprax people, right? Like people that have you heard this term? No. no. So it's someone who lives an orthodox life, but they don't believe in it, um, right? Um, because it's especially like something like uh, especially like New Square or something where they're um, really like it's it can be really scary to leave. Like you had to go through a lot to leave, yeah. right? Like what, I imagine it, like what took you from change in belief to like, I'm, I need to leave, like I need to live a different life, you know, to the point, like you were saying, you were describing the documentary, like you don't, you didn't, you, you didn't have a secular education, you don't have the things that you need, it's like going into a foreign world, right? Like, right. Um, you know, what kind of, what made that change happen? It's so weird because I thought about this for a long time. When I was younger, <clears throat> I didn't think it was possible. Mm. I was always told, you know, uh, they end up in jail or in rehab and stuff like that. I mean, I wasn't told exactly rehab, but they said, you know, they end up homeless and this, that's what going to add. It's like, yeah. like you cut off your pass and, uh, you know, the screen uh, blinks, changes, changes uh, um, camera and you're homeless. Um, as I got older, I realized that it might be possible, but nearly impossible. And so it was like the thought was in my mind for a long time. And that when I ended up cutting off my pass for the second time out of three total, um, it was I was 18 years old, and it was it was actually an impulse. Like I thought about it for a long time, and I had already processed the idea in my mind. But from doing it. Um, from from when I decided to do it until the, it was just a couple hours actually. Um, yeah. yeah, it was an interesting story. I uh, one Friday night I was invited to hang out with some friends in the recovery community. They were like my family when my real family was not my family. Um, 
so I was invited to hang out, and, I, I, and my parents live in Williamsburg, I lived with my parents at the time, and I took the train, and I had to pay us, and everything, I had long uh, pays, like, I didn't cut it shorter, or trim the beard, like, I, I kept it as it is, and I put on a hoodie, and I went out to Manhattan, and it was all, basically, it was, it was not very convenient, but I was there, and we hung out, I was invited to go the next day to a picnic, um, Shabbos morning, and um, again with the whole thing, hiding the hoodie, sunglasses, it was it was ridiculous. So I went to the picnic, and I stood there. It was summer; the sun was boiling, and um, I stood there with a hoodie with the hood on um, because I didn't want to be seen. And I decided, you know what, this ends now. I took out my phone, uh, looked for the nearest barber shop, went and did it, <laughs> and I came back without a pace. And people were like. People who had just seen me a half hour ago were like, I feel like I've seen you somewhere. <laughs> wow, that's like, so uh, crazy. Like, your face looks familiar, I just can't pinpoint it. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was August 29, 2015. Wow. 2015. Yeah. And you said that was the second time. So that wasn't three. like the last... That, oh, that was the third that time. That was the second time. Uh, out of three. Out of three. So you grew them back after that? The first time was at 12. It's, so this is like a long time that you felt like this. Yeah. So at 12, I got her off for the first time and... It was not with any, like, logic reason behind it. It was just like, I don't like this. I don't want to look like this. I'm out. Uh, I cut it off, didn't do any styling or anything, and it's just, that's it. Um, For a week, I didn't go back to school, either. And then for about a year, it was around Hanukkah time, actually, when I was 12. So it's uh, about eight years ago. Um, And um, where, where was I? So yeah, uh, for about a week I didn't go to Haider, and then, uh, and then I had fake pace for years, like clipped into my yarmulke for a while. Then it was a whole thing, and uh, there was a crappy story about a about a surgery or something. Nobody believed it. I didn't even try to make anyone believe it. It was just like we have a story, and oh, I like had you that made for up a, year. a story about why yeah. it happened. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah, I was just out of anarchy. It was just I I didn't want to live this. Um. And then at 18 was the story that I told you a few minutes ago. And and then when I was in Florida, um, I grew my hair very long. Hmm. Uh, longer than you can actually see it in the film. Florida was, was that when you were at uh, Life rehab? Skills, the rehab, yeah. Okay. And then at a halfway house. Uh-huh. I was there for six months about in Florida. So yeah, I grew my hair very long. And before I came back to New York, I cut it shorter. And while I was cutting it shorter, I thought... This is this is a this is sort of like a good opportunity to have payas for a while and then cut those off again. Wow. Right. So it's like I can sort of miss the old life, you know. As you can see, I tried exploring Christianity and other religions while I was there. Right. Um, there was a Calvary Chapel, the one that you see in the film, and uh, other versions of religion. Um, I was like, yeah, let's go back to this for a while. I have the long hair. I'm cutting it shorter. Let's cut everything but the payas and then this. Wow. It's interesting. You know, it's funny because to me, your story <laughs> reminds me a lot of Valdruva stories, kind of. Like, just the the way, the, like, how it sometimes takes a while. Like, you're, you know, it, I mean, it's it reminds me, but it's also obviously much more extreme in the sense that you're dealing with people who would, like, might disown you and all these things for, for right. doing it. But, um but I mean, just the, the the part about specifically, like, how do you, 
how do you act out a change in inner belief, you know? Um, or not even a change, just something that was in you. Like, how, like how long were you, did you consider yourself atheist for? Um, not long, actually. Um, oh, really? so when I you was, were 12? You no, were... no, well, no. At 13, I was atheist for a while, but I was not atheist because I knew I was atheist. I was atheist because, like, how can there be a God with all of this? It just can't be. Right. Now I'm an atheist, you know, after researching it. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 which one is agnostic again? No, I'm just an atheist. No, there's, uh, I forgot the exact term, but now, now I'm an atheist that, you know, genuinely believes that there is no God. Right. You like, right. There's like agnostic atheist, then there's agnostic, then there's atheist, right? Like, yeah, there's agnostic. Like, like there's hardcore atheist and then there's like agnostic yeah, so atheist. So I'm an atheist that, you know, after researching everything and realizing that there's, that just doesn't make any sense. There's no logic right. behind any of this. I'm sorry. I, it's um, cool, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so at 13 for a while, I, I, I thought, you know, there can't be a God. I'm an atheist. And then for many years, I, I struggled and wanted to believe. Yeah. I wanted to have this good religious life, this peaceful life. And I tried. I really tried. Um, I actually prayed a lot to God before injecting a needle in my arm. Oh, wow. Prayed to God that he would help me. Wow. And at some point, I realized that... Uh, well, if I want to get clean, I basically have to go do it myself because there's no, there's no prayer that will magically help me in any way. Wow. So even in Florida, uh, um, I put in filling sometimes in, in, in rehab. I, I tried. And all of those people who are telling me, well, you know, do it sincerely just once and you'll feel the spark. I did that so many <laughs> times with so many religions. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's broken. And it's, it's not, something's not working. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and after, at some point, I, I started researching more into it and realizing that, no, there's, there's no way. So interesting. Um, you know what strikes me is, like, um, this idea, like you mentioned before, this black sheep thing, like the feeling of being a black sheep, how people identify with that. In any community, right. globally. I think that was, you know, it's like I always am like kind of afraid of making it explicit, but like that, I, I think that was part of the reason I, I cried during Etty's thing was like, not, it wasn't just for her. I wish it was just for her. I wish I was that good of a person, but I think it's like, there's that part of me that feels, you know, I feel like a black sheep a lot of times. Like I think a lot of creative people do and a lot of people who don't fit into boxes and I had my own. I definitely, I didn't go off the derrick, but I had my own issues with like the Crown Heights community and that sort of thing. And, um, it was really painful. And I remember, and, and so it's so interesting to me because I think like, it's just interesting to me to hear you describe how you like when you were 12, even like that you were going through this, like that so much of this stuff we don't, you know, we, I think a lot of people obsess over the, the, one detail, like the atheist aspect or these sorts of things. But like what you're also describing is the experience of being someone who doesn't fit in either way, you know, like whether you believed or didn't, it was like you didn't fit in also. And yeah, I, think, I, was, I didn't I didn't feel like I was a part of that, yeah. that, that whole package and not just the religious aspect of it. Right, right. So it was like even when you wanted to believe, you also didn't feel like you fit right. in. Right. And that's why I'm hoping that the the people all around the world will will, you know, take courage or just be inspired by this film, whatever whatever it would be, you know. Yeah. Um, 
the minority in any way. I think it's also why it's kind of silly when you hear people being like, well, if only they believed, right? Like, if only you believed in, in God, like, then things would be different. Well, I it's, did. Right, exactly. So the point is, like, that's not true, clearly, right? Like, that, yeah. If only you believe, no, it's just, it's not, you know, that, that I'll pray for you isn't, you know... It's not pray, pray hard enough, all of that stuff. It's not. I already tried that. And I'm saying this to if any of Jehovah's Witnesses are watching because they have been they have been they have been clogging my inbox really? with links to JW.org. I don't appreciate it, by the way. What's JW.org? It's Jehovah's Witness. Oh, website. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, think we have any Jehovah's Witness listeners. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But if anyone is listening, like, please stop. Seriously. You're like not proselytizing coming. to you. Yeah, you're not coming with logical arguments. You're just sending me a link to a website where there's a video of a, you know, uh, some guy talking that in Jesus' name, Amen. He will help you. Yeah. He hasn't. Okay, he hasn't showed up. So, do you get any proselytization from from other Jews or anything yeah. like that? Is that hard? Um, no, because they usually come with uh, some form of argument. Um, although I don't agree with their arguments and I, I can argue against it. They usually come with an argument. Um, it's like they don't, the Jews for the most part, other than Chabad, I think, they don't have Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> they, don't, they don't go out recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they do something like that, they usually come prepared. Right. Unlike right. Jehovah's Witnesses, which is like, you know, look at that verse in the Bible where it says, in, in God's name, thy shalt not, whatever, whatever. And that's going to answer your question. Well, I read it, and to one of them I responded. I, I looked up that verse, and I screenshotted. Like, there's about 48 different Bibles, by the way, mm-hmm. different versions of the Bible. I screenshotted one page where it was like that verse in all 48 versions, and I was like, which one? She was <laughs> like, well, which one talks to you? And I was like, no, which one did God write? That's so interesting. It's just, it's kind of like, it feels... It must feel dehumanizing, I think. That's probably what's upsetting about it, I would think. You know? Like, the people are just kind of coming to you and being like, I have the answer for you. This is going to solve your problems. No, no if, they, if they really have an answer, that's why I still listen. Uh-huh. Uh, because if they really have an answer, then I, then I, I want to hear it. If that's they have an answer to my problems, then yes, please. You know, come in, take a seat. Right. But if you just have a link to JW.org, then <laughs> please don't even try. That's cool. I'm like impressed with how well you're taking so much of this. Uh, it's really like considering how much you've gone through. Actually, it's because the amount that I've gone through that there's not a lot that can still get to me. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a really that's a beautiful way of putting it. Um. So, do you like? trying to think how to put this like do you think that like for example you're still connected with people like Simcha Weinstein like these sorts of people like yeah he's a wonderful dude <laughs> so what is what is he offering for you like what is that I'm, I'm curious like what the difference is right between him and like someone Simcha, uh, Simcha, Rabbi Simcha Weinstein is offering me a rabbi mm-hmm. who who is not in the box and Simcha if you're listening <laughs> Thank you. Um, Simcha Weinstein, by the way, is anyone who's wondering, he's a rabbi at Pratt University, but he also happens to run like a whole 
of a community. community it's there. like it's not off the derech really. It's like right. an intersection of right. of the derech, religious, and like all different levels. It's sort of like a yeah. like a how, how did he call it? Like a ground zero for all these people. Like yeah, a, this, this one place where everyone is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So go ahead. So you were saying? Yeah, he's offering a rabbi that is not judging me in any way. Yeah. I tell him that I'm atheist, and he doesn't say oive. Right. Um, and he welcomes me and invites me there, regardless of who I am. And his message really is that 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 Judaism is not as evil. I mean, not, it's, he's not saying it in those words, but his message, the way I, the way it reaches me, is that Judaism is not evil. There's there's evil to a lot of parts of it, you know, and how people interpret uh, Judaism, more specifically Hasidic Judaism. But there's a lot of really nice parts to it. And he, he's a cool rabbi. Yeah, I, think, I think he's the coolest rabbi I know. <laughs> I agree with that. I think he's probably the coolest rabbi I know. But I'm not offending any rabbis right now. But I think he is. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... That, I think that says so much, right? Like, because there are all these people so concerned and so this and so that. And then you have this one rabbi who just doesn't judge and doesn't get upset that you're an atheist or whatever it is. Right. And it, it changes the whole equation of at least how you relate to Jews, you know, or, you know, how you don't, I don't know. I just, it fascinates me. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't change the whole picture, but it shows right. the, it shows the bright side. Right. And, and I think that, you know, going back to what I said earlier, but losers answer to, um, you know, if this will, you know, have any impact on the level of anti-Semitism. Right. Going back to that, uh, you know, Loser said that, you know, in, instead of asking, that, what, are you, what are you doing to show that we're not all like that? You know, how are you supporting, you know, people who are trying to sort of escape? Uh, how are you showing that you're a good Jew? Um, he, he's one of them. He, he is practicing that. And, and, and that's good because I always want to point out that when I talk about abuse, when I talk about a lot of these issues, the response to abuse more specifically... I don't want to go around saying that the community is filled with abusers and just everyone is an abuser and that's all they do all day. And, and it's not. That is not the case. That is not the truth. In fact, I think if if I look closely, um, there's a lot less abusers um, in, in, in the community. Um, there are abusers on purpose. There are people who abuse others, you know, emotionally by, by, by trying to get them back to God and all of that. But, you know, like people who purposely you know, harm others. I think there's less in the community. Less than what? Than less than less than in the communities around us. Uh-huh. Like not not then comparing there... to specific communities because there's a lot of God fearing people uh-huh. in the community. Right. I mean it's it's kind of a problem when 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 God has to stop you from committing um something horrible, you know, <laughs> when you need a God. Right. You know, there's a, actually it's funny because there's a Hasidic story about that. Like, I forgot the whole details, but basically, saying, someone like an atheist is like he's actually. You look at this. I don't remember the details of the actual story, but the the lesson was essentially like an atheist is actually doing it out of out of goodness. Whereas if you're only doing it because you're afraid of God, then you're not doing it for like the real reason. Right. That it's like wrong to do. I think Loser quoted someone once uh, who said, I f- I'm so bad with names. I keep quoting people who quote people, but I don't remember <laughs> yeah. uh, who to give credit to. Um, but I think it's Loser who quoted someone saying that, um, you know, someone said without God, there's no moral values. And, you know, without God, everyone would just murder everyone they want to. And 
the answer they had was, uh, I do murder everyone I want to murder. There's just the amount of people that I want to murder is zero. <laughs> right. So going back to that. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to go around saying the community is full of abusers. I think uh, looking closely, it might even be less. I don't have any actual data to look at because, unfortunately, in most abuse cases, almost all of abuse cases never see the, the, the light of day. So there's no real numbers, and, and especially in the community here where everything is swept under the rug. Um, but one thing that I have a huge problem with is the response. And I haven't seen the response to all cases. You know, some people point out saying, well, remember that one time where the response was good? Yeah, congrats. You know, I'm glad to hear that. But the response in cases that I was familiar with was horrible. Hmm. Very horrible. Like what? What kind of responses? Um, usually the response, the first response to a kid saying that he was abused in any way or, or like with, with adults it's different. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the, the response is usually, it didn't happen. Just try to forget about it. That's the, that's the first response that I got. It this, didn't happen. Oh, this is the response you got Straight personally. up, it didn't happen. And then they try to twist They told it. you it didn't happen? Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. That was the official story. It didn't happen. So, I mean, that will get a little kid confused. And and who told you that specifically? That didn't happen? Like um, The staff. Oh, and, okay. and, and I also want to point out that the the way I say it in the film is is not not is not really clear. There were several different incidents uh, that happened, and the staff at uh, uh, summer camp was like, "No, this what you're saying is not what happened. We we know that it was inter- entirely different story. Like we spoke to them, and they said that that's not what they did. So like, why would you just make up a story like that? Wow. <clears throat> so, um." That was, how old were you? Huh? How old were you when that happened? And the summer camp story, I was actually... Uh, I'm, I'm always estimating, because in Kittitas, I was 13, and that happened in, like... I was, like, 9 or 10 in that, in that particular story. Wow. Um, there were... Bunch of in, you know incidents leading up to that and following that. Um, <laughs> give me a second. Um, yeah, so the, the the first response usually is uh, it didn't happen, um, and uh, if that doesn't work, and you know someone says no, no, I'm pretty sure it did happen. They they try and twist it. You know maybe he didn't do exactly that. He just punished you because you were being, you know not the best kid in school. Jeez. So I think that, and, 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 and it's not even contradicting to Judaism or, or to religion or to God to get that kid a therapist. You know, that's, it wouldn't be contradicting to, I think it would even like match up with Judaism of, you know, helping a brother out. <laughs> yeah, you know? I would think so. Um, give that kid a hug um, if that's allowed in your community and, um, you know, tell them that they're safe now and... And get them a therapist. Otherwise, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna need a therapist when they're nineteen and in rehab. So I mean, I uh, I remember I was literally yesterday I was having this big argument with a friend of mine um, about 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 abuse and, and and everything. And he was kind of making the argument of uh, why, like, we should kind of 
it was a whole a whole discussion. But one of his points was that, like, he's, he kind of said to me, he's like, a lot. Don't you believe in tshuva? Like, what if someone did tshuva, and and they genuinely did tshuva? Like, should we like still ostracize them? Should we still this and that? And I was uh, like, ostracize. This was like in terms of art, but like you could talk about it in a lot of ways. Like, should the person- if Hitler does tshuva, <laughs> should he go to heaven? <laughs> no, right. I'm, I'm genuinely asking. Well, I think that's a good question. I think that. If if someone did genuine like so this was this was my point just to before before I answer that because that's a, a big question but I think the to him I was saying if the person did shuva like that's on them but at the end of the day if you're only looking at it from like the the person who who like if you're looking at if you're looking at it from a victim's perspective or a survivor's perspective sorry thank you I have to remember that survivor's perspective then. Them doing them maybe doing tshuva is not enough to mean that we should be still allowing them like access to let's say to, to no access to kids that should never have ever right. again access to potential more survivors no exactly they should never have ever again um, regarding exactly if if they if they what exactly their punishment should be in heaven and hell that's right. up to God. Um, <laughs> Um, no, I but, wish people uh, could see the face you just made. That was the perfect. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> the look at the eye roll emoji. Like that times two. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in regards to how people should react to them, I don't know. But I think that if if the, if if abusing kids was like a life sentence of being ostracized forever, there will be significantly less abusers. Right. And 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 again, I and I don't think al- abuse will be able to stop ever completely because right. some people are evil, some people are sick, and and I don't think anyone will ever be able to stop it. You know, regardless of the laws, the crime, the, the, I mean, the laws, the punishment, whatever it is, just some people are sick and and they don't care about you know laws or moral values or anything. But I think the response to to help the survivors can be significantly improved now, and I think there has been some improvements already and and i'm 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 keeping up with that you know I'm keeping tabs on that and and I was told at Satmer, the school that I went to implemented some changes in regards to how they how they respond and and how they they treat an accusation really so so wow that's I don't amazing. think it was because of one of us uh you know I think that you know change is happening yeah. slowly and i'm hoping that one of us will speed that up wow man i'm sorry to take you in that territory i know it's probably not easy to talk about but i think but it has to be talked about exactly so thank you um are you up to anything now that people i usually ask people to plug their stuff at the end <laughs> if there's plug anything you want to plug Ugh. Or just you can just plug the fact that you're gonna rock college next year. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am gonna do that. Um, awesome. Getting my GD real soon. I already passed um, four out of five of the subjects on the task exam, and the last subject I already did. Just waiting for scoring. Um, and I'm. I'm. My my fight now is education. Oh yeah. Yeah, which is something that I was hoping you'd bring up. We got five minutes. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. All right. What can we? What I'm can sorry. we cram into five minutes? Whatever you want, man. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my fight now. I'm um, sorry I didn't bring it up. Well, no. I told you I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh. Um. I I should have I should have steered the conversation that direction a long time ago. 
Um, yeah, right now I'm 20 and I'm getting my high school diploma. I want to, my, my goal is to get a master's in computer science and, you know, with a couple of minors and, 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 and uh, related niches or whatever. Um, and it's really tough because up until a few weeks ago, I thought that algebra was geometry. And I didn't know what geometry means. Until I thought geometry is geology or something. Wow. So that was up until a few weeks ago. And I'm now trying to cram in four years of high school in two months. Yeah. Luckily, I passed because I'm smart. Yeah. And I'm proud of it. <laughs> it's actually not something to be proud of. I was just born that way. <laughs> but yes, I'm bragging. <laughs> Shameless brag. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good for you. Um, where was I? Um... So yeah, I have to cram in uh, four years of, of, of high school in two months, and, and, and it's tough. And if not for that, if I had my high school diploma, I would have been in college by now. I don't want like, to play victim and blame, oh, it's this system, that system. But there's definitely a lot of life skills mm. that I completely missed out on growing up. Um, and had I known, you know, even simple math, English, and, you know, science, social studies, really the, 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 the studies required by law to teach, uh, I think th things would be significantly different. I heard an argument um, actually yesterday, two days ago, I was arguing uh, an old friend of mine um, about this, and his argument was that, um, his argument was that, well, this system is working for people who want to stay, you know? It's like, you know, the parents are teaching the kids that way, because that's that's how they want the kids to be, and and that's that's what the that's how they want their kids to live their life. And 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 if you live this life, you don't need an education. I mean, in, in this these particular subjects, but you need to be really good at Rashi. So that's what they're focusing on. Um, my argument against that is that that no parents have a right to put their kids on a, a tra trajectory trajectory. Yeah. Um, until they're eighteen, they can steer them in that direction, put them on the track. But they also have to leave the options open. They can't lock them into a contract. Mm. And when they're not giving an education, they, these kids are locked into a contract that this is what you have to be for the rest of your life. Because even McDonald's needs a high school diploma for you to work there. Mm. So, I mean, people make it. People are survivors and not victims, and they make it. Um, they go through hell, and some don't come out on the other end. So... Yeah, that's my argument. It's interesting. So you, I mean, you're really making the argument that this is life or death, like this sort of thing. It so. is for a lot of people. And, 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 you know, even though a lot of people stay in the community, I think there are a lot of people are on the, on the fence. And I personally know uh, people who are married and they're gay and married in the community with kids and they, they, they don't love their wife. And, and they just... When they, by the time they got married, they didn't know any better, and now they're hooked in. And these are people that are basically suffering. Their wives are suffering. And their wives know? Huh? Their wives know? or They basically have a husband that doesn't want to look at them. So I think yeah. they get a sense. They get the vibe. And like people like this who would, bas would basically leave and not be with someone. Basic basically, both parties involved are suffering. And... and I think that with, with, with an education, a lot of these little problems would be stopped. And even though it's a, it's, it's a small percentage, that percentage is growing. 
And, you know, you can't stop uh, sex ed in a school because only a small percent of kids get STDs. You know? I, I, I feel like it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's... I would even call it a human rights violation. Wow. Locking, in, locking kids into a contract that this is what you're going to be the rest, for the rest of your life even after you're an adult. And it's interesting because I guess that it's then it, it helps explain why there's also resistance to changing things because that does, in theory, guarantee that people will stay in, in, in the community, right? Like by doing that. Yes, this is really what, what, uh, what I, I don't want to call the community a cult, but it resembles a cult in a way that, that we have our system set up in a way that whoever's with us, it works out for them. But everyone else is basically screwed. If they try to leave, that's that's one way of keeping the members in. And so now you're trying to to like you you are you involved with like organizations like Gafed? I'm working with Gafed uh-huh. and other organizations, um, trying to do, you know, as much as I can. Good for you. Helping the next round. Well, Ari, I'm so I'm. I'm humbled sitting with you. Like you're such a strong person, and thank you, thank you so much for coming. I'm really thankful, and I hope. Uh, and I wanted to just sure. quickly say something to the audience. A couple of just like last notes, sort of. Please. Uh, if any of you are Hasidic, which I'm, I'm, I'm sure that this will go around on WhatsApp. You know, the recording of this at some point will go around. If any of you are listening, the Hasidic ones. If a member of your family goes OTD. Um, or is not as Hasidic as they used to be. I think the right choice for you to be is still be still be you know still be part of their family and let them be part of your family. I mean, look at look at uh, my parents for example. You know we have a, a a wonderful family and respect each other's beliefs and I th- I think it's worth it uh, working it out that way and you know t- taking another look at at, at priorities. To all of you who reach out to me on social media, thank you. I appreciate the feedback. Um, I don't appreciate it when I'm being force-fed any religion, but if you have a logical argument, I'm always open to hear it, and I usually respond. Not on my private Facebook page. That's that's way too clogged, the public page. Um, what else? I don't know. Make some change in your, in your immediate uh, surroundings. If... Uh, if you see that kid on the street who doesn't speak English well, help him out. You know, make make some make some change in in your circles, even even the smallest, the slightest things. Help the person next to you. I feel so inspirational right now. <laughs> you are being inspirational. <laughs> Got anything else for us? <laughs> I don't know. I I should have written down my no. last message. That was great. That was great. Thank you so much. I mean, that's such a great way to end it. Um, help the people around you. That's, I think that's what it comes down to. So thank you, man. It was great, and hope to see you around. I'm sure I'll see you at Simchas. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see each other. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you for listening to Hivria Cast. I'm Alad Harai. If you'd like to hear more and read more of our work. You can follow us by going to hevria.com or facebook.com slash hevriamag. We've been recording at the Kalal Studios in New York City, and the music that you're hearing 
is Voice Lessons by Darshan. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing and hearing from you again. Kal, kal, ad, kal, yeah.